The message you're about to hear is a production of the Word and Sound Ministry of the Redeemed Christian Church of God, Throne of Grace, Richmond Hill. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. God bless you as you listen to the transforming and inspiring Word of God. Praise the Lord. Can we lift our hands and just celebrate Jesus again? You know, thank you, Lord. Um, I think this is the last Sunday of the first half of the year. By this time next week, you're in another half. A winning half. Amen. I said a winning half. Amen. An unusual half. Amen. But can you again thank him for the first half of the year? Until you are grateful, you are not set for the next. Give him thanks. Give him thanks for the first half. For January, for February, March, April. Thank you for March, April, May. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You are the glory and the lift of our head. Can you also now thank him for the second half of the year? Be very specific. Lord, thank you for July. Thank you for August. Thank you for September, October, November, December. We give you the glory. You are our shield and our buckler. We give you advanced praise. Hallelujah. If you are joining online from any part of the world, don't just be a spectator. Be a part of this service. Express your gratitude. Express your thanksgiving. We are grateful. We are grateful. Thank you, Jesus, for your kindness. We can look up to you. You are dependable. You are dependable. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, Holy Spirit, we honor you today. Glorify Jesus as we drive into God's word. Speak to everyone. Many have come here with questions. Let there be answers. Anyone here discouraged, let them have encouragement before they leave. But no one, Holy Spirit, should live here the same way they came. Amen. Let there be a remarkable shift. Amen. Let there be an unforgettable experience. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Please put your hands together. And let's appreciate our pastor. Can we appreciate Pastor Israel and Pastor Choice? God bless you. Are you clap? Is that how you clap your hands for your pastors? Woo! Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Ma. Hallelujah. Uh, Pastor Ola, good to have you also joining us today. Let's appreciate Pastor Ola and all our pastors here. God bless you. And the leadership team of this church. Uh, the fragrance of life. Please put your hands together for fragrance of life. I was, uh, of course, I joined online and I just love the spiritual vibes I get. Uh, it's great when a church can conjure the presence of God. It makes it easier for the pastor to minister. It's a helps ministry. The music ministry is a very strong helps ministry. 
thank you for helping us today. And we believe that the Holy Ghost will move and touch everyone. Please put your hands together and find your seat. God is good. Um, I've been here since Friday. We had a great time at the Zona Conference and Saturday. Um, so today we're talking about um, speed. Somebody say speed. speed. Uh, is that how you say speed? speed. Say speed. speed. In Joel chapter 2, verse 25, uh, I encountered that scripture. I've read it over the years. Just before the pandemic, it showed up. And I saw that people can literally lose out on years, on seasons. Uh, it's, as, it's as raw as it is that you can be in 2023, and if you weigh your life, it's like you are in 2020. When destinies are supposed to be in chapter 6, they, they can still be struggling with chapter 2. Something happens where we lose track. We miss out. Sometimes it's because of our mistakes. You know, this, the enemy comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. So he steals people's opportunities, steals time. Sometimes it's a direct attack on families, on individuals. And then they've lost time. But the Holy Spirit says uh, in Joel chapter 2, verse 25, I will restore to you the years and that's one principal reason I'm here this morning. If you have lost time, opportunities, joy, there will be restoration in the name of Jesus Christ. There will be restoration with compensation in the name of Jesus Christ. Now, one of the ways God restores is by giving people speed. Do you understand? To cover up for the lost time. I mean, I shared a, a, a testimony, on, I think it was on Friday, one of our pastors in our church been trusting God for the fruit of the womb for nine years. And, you know, we're praising God, I think it was last year. And I said, you should just get ready, that you should spend time praising God, praising God. And then the wife got pregnant. I remember they called. I said, wow, keep praising him. One day the husband now called and said, ah, he was looking, he was sounding down on the phone. And I said, any problem? He said, eh, they just went for scan. <laughs> that is triplets that they... I said, is that why you are down? <laughs> He didn't expect that, you know. I said, God is restoring you. <laughs> First born, second born, third born, and they go. They have triplets, three boys now, you know, and it's over a year. So God has a way of giving people speed. Yours might not be childbearing, of course. It might be on your business or career or life itself. You just realize that you are struggling with your seasons. Things are not happening the way. You just wonder why God will restore in the name of Jesus. So I'll be sharing some secrets that help people gain speed in life. I'm a man that I've experienced God's speed. And I've had my own moments where I needed God's restoration. And then when God comes, you know, when you hear things like, for your shame, you shall have double honor. The double honor is to replace the time of shame. He said, there's a thief in life, if caught, shall pay how many fold? Seven. And the sevenfold is to compensate for the time and the seasons lost, like paying you interest. It happened to Israel. They were in slavery for more than 400 years. In one night, God paid them everything. When they were leaving Egypt, the Egyptians were giving them gold and silver and clothing. It was even too much that they, they, they backslided. 
It was too much. It was too much. They made, they made, they made a molten um, calf out of it. It was too much. It's like payment for several decades. Glory to God. Say speed. God will give you speed. There is a key or there are keys to anything you are looking for. I mentioned that I think on Friday. It's always important to ask him, what must I do to be saved? Rather than shouting, Lord, save me, save me. In every promise in scripture, there is a manward part and there is a Godward part. God is ever constant. It is when we don't do our own part that we fall short. In fact, when you are studying the Bible, I'd love you to always look out for your part of the deal. You know, it's a covenant. Old Testament means Old Covenant. New Testament means New Covenant. Now, when you say covenant, there are two or more parties involved. So, it's not enough for people to be claiming promise. Always look out for your part of the deal. The moment you do your part of the deal, ah, it is done. So, God is not just, it's not a promise-keeping God in that sense. He is a covenant-keeping God. That, there are two different things. The promise would only be delivered when you do your own part of the deal. For instance, how do you get saved? Believe what? In your heart. And what? And then you shall be saved. Who saves you? What's your own part? Who does the believing? Who does the confession? Is it God that will do that? But if you do the believing and the confession, what happens? You are saved. But can you be singing and be saved? Just be singing choruses. Can you be saved like that? No, that's not the deal. Understanding God's covenant will revolutionize your life. There is a way to be saved. There is a way to be healed. There is a way to experience marital peace. There is a way for financial increase. Every time you are studying scriptures, always look out for your part. Oh, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He restores my soul. All those amazing blessings is rested on that first line. The Lord is. That means any area I didn't lead you, you shall want. Oh, yes. Any business you start that I didn't send you, you won't have peace. Any place I didn't send you to go, you will suffer in that place. Like Jonah trying to go to Tarshish when God sent him to Nineveh. The Lord is my shepherd. So many times when you are studying the Bible, your own part of the deal, sometimes it's one little phrase or just one line. But many people gloss over that and start claiming the promise. Lord, your word says, you are my shepherd. I will not want. I decree I will not want. Are you sure what you are doing sent you? In fact, it's better to pray, God guide me. Because as I follow his guidance, all those blessings will follow automatically. Do you understand that? So that's why we need to learn what it takes to experience speed. Number one, we experience speed through the wind of the spirit. Through the wind. You know, if you study the eagle... One of the strengths of the eagle, I mean, you hardly hear that eagles fly, they soar. And one of the things they do is they wait for the particular move of the wind flowing in the direction they want. 
and they just get into that wind, and then they, they actually, you know, they're not the one flying. It's the wind actually moving them. So they save a lot of energy, and they experience speed, because the wind just moves them. Pew. And that has to do with the direction of the Holy Spirit. If you try to move contrary to that wind, you can't have speed. It's my prayer that you won't step into what God has not led you into. Amen. I can't hear your amen. amen. They that wait upon the Lord shall what? Renew their strength. They will mount up with wings like the eagle. So we wait upon the Lord to hear what he's saying for us to do next. And in case you've not done that for the second half of the year, I, I, I encourage you to do that this week. Take a day out. Or I know you're working, you're fasting, and be praying. Just be coming and be praying. Father, guide my steps for the second half. I was uh, having some online meetings in the last two days with our various teams all over the world, and I was telling them, every team must clarify their goals for the second half of the year. You distill it into like three to five areas. But you don't just write things down. You pray first. You pray. Let the Holy Ghost stare in your heart what to do. Become partners with God. And it's not hard. Lord, I don't own myself. You are my God. Guide me. I want to have the best of the second half of 2023. What must I do to make that happen in my life, in my family, in my business? Oh, I begin to pray, pray in the Holy Ghost, and then, you know, meditate. In the course of the week, some things will become urgent in your spirit. Some things will be stirred in you that seems to be what God would want you to pour your energy and your finances into. And as you put those things down and then schedule them into goals, then amazing things will happen. Any goal God hasn't given you, I, I've written down, I cancel it in Jesus' name. And the one that God wants you to do, you will not miss it in the name of Jesus Christ. The wind of the Spirit. A direction, direction, direction of, oh, where, 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 where am I going? I, I did, we did our fasting uh, in church uh, last, uh, last week. Or upper, uh, what do you call upper last week? Last, last week. Like we say now, you know, six days fast. And one of the things we prayed, Lord, guidance. And I remember in the mid, uh, mid of the fast, I was in the office, and the Holy Ghost started, just started seeing those things. You would just know. Start writing it down. The church should focus on this. We should do that. I know. And I came up with 12 solid areas of focus for the second half of the year. July 1st is like January 1st. Can you see it like that? Oh, yes. That on Saturday is another January 1st. This week is like the last week of December. Mm. So I pray for everyone that... What God usually will do in 12 months, he will squeeze and load you up in six months. Between July and December in the name of Jesus Christ. Areas that you have experienced losses, there will be compensation. There will be direction. By end of the year, when you are celebrating Thanksgiving, you will have too many things to dance about. Say louder, amen. amen. Lift your hands where you are and say, Holy Spirit. Guide me throughout the second half of the year. Show me the way to go. I don't want to miss the road. I want to hit it right. I want to flow with the wind of the Spirit in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. When your destiny goes where God wants it to go, 
You have always been screwed. Because it carries you. But when you are going contrary to his own plan, you'll be on your own. Number two, uh, to experience speed is to ask God for it straight. Just ask him. I love God. What you are looking for is what you get. Establishment with speed, you will find it. I, I, I shared this, um, uh, um, some principles yesterday about Abraham's um, son. In Genesis 24, I would like the media team to help me get back to Genesis 24 from verse 1 there, but I'll just run through that. Abraham had a son, Isaac, you know. Uh, that's the begotten son. The guy was already 40 years old, so they were looking for a husband for him. So, sorry, wife. Thank you. <laughs> before, before it becomes something else. Thank you. His wife. Online, his wife. <laughs> they were looking for, thank you so much. They were looking for a wife for Isaac. And Abraham called his chief of staff, Eliezer, and said, Guy, you have to go to Mesopotamia and look for uh, a wife. Can we get on Genesis 24, verse, uh, maybe verse 6, because of time? Genesis 24. So the guy, okay, said, the guy now told Abraham, okay, what if I meet the lady and she does not respond? He said, well, you have to come back empty-handed, but don't pick somebody that is wrong for my son. So the guy took off, you know, uh, with 10 camels on the trip. On getting there, we, we read it yesterday, he prayed a prayer. That prayer is so powerful. In Genesis 24, maybe you should just go to verse 12 because of time. He prayed one very strategic prayer in the King James Version. Genesis 24 verse 12. He said, Oh Lord God of my master Abraham, send me good spirit. You know why? Looking for a wife in a whole uh, Richmondville, Ontario. You can spend six months. How do you go about it first? Huh? You do Project Fame, Ontario Idol, and then you say ladies between 18 and 26, and then they register, and then you start interviewing them, and then Abraham calls you after three months, Eliza, where are thou? My master, there are many girls here. <laughs> but we have 200 left. I'll soon be back. That could have been his story. But he said, and he said, oh Lord God of my master Abraham, I pray thee, send me what? Good speed this day. And show kindness unto my master Abraham. Verse 13. Verse 13. He now said, behold, I stand here by the well of water, and the daughters of the men of the city come out to draw um, water. Next verse. And let it come to pass that the damsel to whom I shall say, let down thy pitcher, I pray thee, that I may drink. And she shall say, drink, and I will give thy camel's drink also. Let the same be she that you have uh, appointed uh, servant Isaac. And thereby shall I know that thou hast showed kindness unto my master. Next verse. Something happened, you know. So, and it came to pass. Look at verse 15. And it came to pass before he finished speaking, that Rebecca came out. Oh, I, said, I said, this guy's a prayer warrior. He must be a powerful, you know, while we're here speaking, God has answered. God said, mm, yes, he's a prayer warrior, but can you go back to verse 7? That the real secret was in verse 7, or is in verse 7. Go to verse 7. When the servant was leaving, Abraham prayed a prayer. God said, that is, was the real deal. He said, the Lord God of heaven, 
who took me from my father's house and from the land of my kindred, and which spake unto me, and that swore unto me, saying, Unto thy seed will I give um, this land. Look at it. He shall send his angel. What? I'd missed that over the years. God said, Go back. I now checked other versions. Otherwise, he shall give his, he shall send his angels ahead of you. Oh, so God said, before the servant left, angels left. No wonder. No wonder Rebecca showed up before the guy finished praying. You know, in Yoruba, I call it Parish. Eh? The angel had Parish. I don't know. How do, we, how do we say that in English? The angel had, help me please. Finish work, you know. Because I was wondering, before he finished praying, that means while the guy was still on the trip, angels are spirits. They give speed. They organized the lady from the house. Rebecca was about to cook. The angel said, no, it's not cooking time. It's river time. River, river. You must go to the river. Eh? And then she picked up the containers. And then the equidistance, you know, equidistance between when the servant will land and when the daughter, I mean, Rebecca will show up and the robber meets the road. That servant of Abraham only spoke to one lady. That is speed. By the next morning, he was on his way back. I come against marital delays. I come against destiny delays. In the name of Jesus Christ. If that's the only thing you get today, get it. Angels are ministering spirits sent forth to minister for us who are heirs of salvation. If you can lift your hands where you are, you can pray. Send angels into July. They are your angels. Send angels into August. Send them into September. Send them into that office. You need document. Oh, the angels left. The angels left before the servant left. Angels must arrange July. They must arrange August. They must arrange September, October, November, December. For you and I, Karo Dabaseta, Father, in this great assembly, we collectively release angels. Let them go ahead of us. Arranging favor, organizing settlement and sorting out of marital destinies. Of business destinies. Abato Kalade Patosa. Veratesa Rostaka. Angels, you are ministering spirits. Go forth. Settle that woman. Settle that man. Settle that student. Maradakasata. Maladokosata. Father, I come against the spirit of delay. I break the power and the forces of delay. Holding destinies down. They are broken. They are broken. In the name of Jesus. Do you know how remarkable that is? He landed that evening. He was praying. Rebecca showed up. Had a conversation with her. She clicked. He asked her, do you have room in your father's house? He took him and the entire entourage to the house. They had all the communications that night. By the next morning, he was on his way back. Your second half will not be a wasted second half. Every agent of delay or force of delay that wants to impede your destiny journey, we cancel it now in the name of Jesus. There are forces of delay. 
I don't have all the time. If you study that chapter, the lady, Rebecca, when she had everything, she agreed. The mother agreed, but there was one man in the family. That man has an anointing for delay. You know his name? Laban. The one that delayed. That's his destiny. That, sorry, that is his ministry. After the lady had agreed, Laban now said, eh, you should wait for 10 days. <sighs> 10 days. What if malaria catches her? What if COVID catches her and they say they have to do quarantine? What if? He said 10 days. The mother now said, okay, let's ask her if she's ready to go. They now call Rebecca and say, I'm ready. I've been waiting. They said, so be it. And then all the plans of Laban. So anybody that is delaying your life now, Maybe you're in a relationship, and the guy has just been there. He won't ask you out. He won't ask you to go forward. Just there. What are we doing? We're just friends for almost three, four years. Ah! Every Laban, we shut their mouth in the name of Jesus. <laughs> if there's a document you need somewhere, I don't know what it is, and somebody's in one office, out of carelessness or indifference, they are delaying your life, I release the angels of God to sort you out. <laughs> that delay is broken now. Just bring your way that which you need in the name of Jesus. Oh, yes. Somebody can just sit on the file. I will sign it tomorrow. Tomorrow becomes next week. Next week becomes three months. I'm not available. And the next thing they transfer him. Next, all kinds of funny things. But it comes to an end. So when we say ask God for delay, sorry, ask God for speed, is to say, Lord, send me good speed. I love the way the servant of Abraham prayed. His prayer tallied with Abraham's prayer. Send me good speed today. God will send us good speed the second half of the year. God will send us good speed the second half of the year. You know, in six months, it will look like six years in six months. Things that you couldn't attain for six years, that the enemy held down, it will happen back to back in the name of Jesus. Oh, do you believe what I'm saying? Some of us have been trusting God. This, and this particular story is even about marriage. I don't know who you are. You are listening on site or online. And you are ready for marriage. Uh, God will sort you out the second half of the year. Yeah. It wasn't the wrong woman that came to Eliezer. It was Rebecca, the woman of destiny. Yeah, there will be the clicking of people in the name of Jesus. Bone will meet up with bone. Hallelujah. Another way when you are praying is to ask God, let your hand rest on me. First Kings chapter 18. And today, the hand of God will rest on everybody. You know the story of Elijah. There was no rain in the land for three and a half years. And God said, the time for rain has now showed up. But you have to pray. So Elijah prayed and prayed. First Kings chapter um, 18 verse 44. I think I will just quickly um, do that. So, you know, when, when Elijah prayed and realized that rain was ready to come, First Kings, uh, to show up, uh, First Kings 18.44. First Kings 18.44. Then it came to pass the seventh time that he said, there is a cloud. That's Elijah's servant was telling him, as small as a man's hand rising out of the sea. <laughs> so he said, go up, say to Ahab, prepare your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. You can imagine the chariot of the king. 
the entourage, the kind of horses, the excellence of the chariot, the engineering involved. Now in verse 45, verse 45 says, Now it happened in the meantime that the sky became black with clouds and wind, and there was a heavy rain. So Ahab rode away and went to Jezreel. Verse 46. Then the hand of the Lord came upon Elijah, and he girded up his loins, and ran ahead. He got to the place before the chariot. Ah, that is speed. The hand of the Lord, the right hand of the Lord do it valiantly. So when you are praying, you are going to pray again today. Now, now. Lord, the way your hand rested on Elijah, let that right hand rest on me. As I enter the second half of the year, lift your voice and pray. Lift your voice and pray. Lift your voice and pray. Teenagers pray. Young people pray. Fathers, mothers pray. Father, your hand, the right hand of the Lord, do it valiantly. Let your right hand rest on me. I want to experience your speed. Then the hand of the Lord rested upon Yemi David's. Then the hand of the Lord came upon zone five. Then the hand of the Lord came upon our families. Marcos Sata, give us speed by your hand. Every delay, let it be broken. Let it be broken. Let it be broken, oh God. Your right hand, your right hand, oh Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Father, uh, your presence is all over this place. We invite your right hand afresh upon every one of us. Let, it, let your right hand give us speed. Lord, the kind of speed Elijah had is what we call supernatural speed. He ran ahead. He got to the place before the chariot of Ahab. Father, let people see your supernatural speed in our lives. Let it draw people to serve you in the name of Jesus. Oh, let your right hand rest on us. Giving us speed. Unusual speed. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. You can get seated. You're standing. So you ask God for angels to go ahead of us. Some of us need to do some admission stuff before September. Let the angels of God go ahead as we are putting in your document. But let the angels be doing things. You have some business deals to do in Brazil or any part of the world. Before you fly, let the angels go forth. It's better. That's your advantage as a covenant child. Christianity is not a religion. It's a relationship with God that makes the best out of people. It's a covenant work. It's a covenant work. You have the advantage. How can a man be faster than chariot? It's the hand of God. It's the hand of God. And God is doing this to help you recover for lost seasons, lost time in the name of Jesus Christ. Um, there's one song by Gaze Baba in Nigeria. Awansaregi Ferrari, Lord. We are faster than you need to download that song. It's about speed. That the way the hand of God came upon Elijah. That some people have gone ahead of you. Some of them are even mocking you. They look at you. But when the hand of God comes upon you, you will run faster than the Ferrari. 
It happened to Anna in scriptures. She had another woman called Penina. She had several children and mocking her because of her barrenness. When the hand of God came upon Anna, only one child finished all the other ones. We don't even know their own names. Only one. Two books in the Bible. First Samuel, second Samuel. And then she didn't just have one child. About five others followed. That is God compensating for the lost time. Another way we experience feed is through asking man. You know, the one we just did now is asking God. We started by the wind of the spirit, right? The second one is asking God. And I tried to break it down. What you should ask God for? You ask him for speed directly or you release um, the angels of God or you ask him to let your hand rest upon our ministry. Let his hand rest upon my child. Glory to God or upon me, you know. Then now ask man. Many of the breakthroughs you are looking for are hidden in people, some of whom you do not like. You are one counsel away from a turnaround. The gold is always in the mud, dirty mud. <laughs> I will share two seemingly crude examples with us, and you understand what it means to ask. When I started coming to Canada, so I was to preach in the U.S., in a church in the U.S. in Chicago. And so I, I was in Ontario, so being in Ontario, then fly to Chicago, you know, and then I fly back to Ontario. So, so in the office, I told them to just get me the ticket to Chicago from Ontario. So we're doing it in the office, and they got a ticket for four hours from Ontario to Toronto. To Amen. Toronto. I'm trying my best, eh? Toronto. <laughs> Toronto. I was a fly from Toronto God, to Chicago. And my own mind that, okay, it's, it's another country. So four hours was a great thing. So we bought the ticket. I was excited. So just some few days to the trip, the pastor of the church in Chicago, I said, Pastor Yemi, we are sorry we couldn't buy your ticket on time. Send us your details. I said, no, 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 don't worry, Pastor. I've already bought the ticket. Okay, okay. Say, oh, thank you, Pastor Yemi. Send us the details so our protocol team can pick you at the airport. When the pastor saw it, he just started laughing on the phone. I said, what's the problem? He said, four hours from Toronto to Chicago. He said, you will fly over <laughs> Chicago. The one I bought. You fly over Chicago. And then he said, it's just an hour flight. I said, Billy, one hour. And I was rejoicing over four hours because I didn't know. They had to buy another ticket. I said, we should reroute that one for another thing. Just one hour. So something somebody is doing for four years with the right counsel can happen in six months. I'm telling you. You need this for life. Sometimes your speed is a counsel away from a close friend or someone. No, this is how they do it. Apply like this. Sometimes you're just filling the form and somebody tells you this how you fill this part of the form. And that counsel can bring out a lot of money. And somebody else, it can be denial upon this. I won't know. Ask man. So when you're praying for speed, and you're praying in the Holy Spirit, you're praying in the Holy Spirit, many times the Holy Ghost would ask you to talk to somebody at times. Or read a particular book. 
But sometimes the individual God is asking to talk to, you might not like the person. Many of our breakthroughs are hidden in people we do not like. So that you can pass the test of humility. Speed is not for the proud man. I can't talk to him. He's my cousin, my junior cousin. I know he's been in that business for 25 years, but he's my junior cousin. Stay there. No, I can't talk to her. She was our former staff. She left her company four years ago. I didn't like that lady. I can't talk to her anymore. I'd rather suffer. That's what I'm saying. I'd rather suffer. Ask. Ask and it shall be given. Our ministry, we've experienced all kinds of breakthroughs by just calling a friend. How did you guys do this thing? Oh, this, this, this. Thank you. And somebody else will be stressing out of pride and arrogance. I'm looking at this part of the church now, right? I can see you. Can I see what's at the back? If I'm proud, I'll be claiming I can see everything. You can't see everything. To see or to know what's at the back, I will need to ask you. God forbid, if a lion is coming from the back, can I see it? So if I'm used to being proud and you are warning me, a lion is coming, say, no, it's a lion. I can see everything. I can see everything. That's how people get devoured. Can, you can't see everything. You can't see everything. There are many parts you can't see. So when you're praying for certain breakthroughs and changes, God might have to ask you, talk to that person. He's seen it differently. Some of our fathers, I mean, had this challenge. And that's why many parents are stagnated. You ask some family the stories and the horrors they went through. Their dad could have spoken to someone 40 years ago, 30 years ago. But no, we don't talk to those families. The way they treated us in the village, we've decided never. So you're like saying we're better to suffer in our family. There are some books, if you don't read it, you won't know anything about that aspect of Christian life. There are some men God sent to teach the body of Christ faith. You read the Bible, you can't capture it until you read their books. If you now hate that pastor, you will not understand faith till you die. That's how God operates. He doesn't waste resources. I've told him to tell you. You now don't like him, that's your business. He that receives Peter, receives Jesus. He that receives Jesus, receives him that sent Jesus. It's a track. Now, you don't like Peter because he's too short or because he's black or green. Then the thing I sent to you through Peter, you can't have it. So many of our, some of our prejudice or whatever, you need to see how we align it so we don't delay ourselves. Especially when you notice some bouncing back in an area. Why is this thing always bouncing back? I tried it. It's not working. Ah, the Holy Ghost will tell you to talk to somebody. And you go like Nicodemus. Nicodemus was already a pastor before Jesus came. They wear all their regalia, but church was empty. And a young man came up, 30 years old. And church was, not even church, mountain, wilderness. All the other Pharisees and Sadducees were, if you read Pharisees, far to see, sad you see. Criticizing him, you don't need to go and learn. 
But Nicodemus told himself, if he went by light, good evening, sir. <laughs> We've been doing this thing before you came. People are even following you to mountain. Our own church, synagogue, people are not even coming. What must I do? It was from that quest that the statement, being born again, came out. Do you understand that? Questions. He humbled himself. He learned. Ask. Ask people. Ask. Call people. Call them. Schedule dinners. Pay for the dinner. I know that you schedule dinner. Now I'll be looking like something. <laughs> pay for it. <laughs> Even if that person is richer than you are, pay for it. It's an investment in your destiny. And ask them. I saw you started this business four years ago. Now it's everywhere. My own is 14 years. We're nowhere. What are the things you do? Ah, they just smile. <laughs> A statement across the table can be better than two master's degrees. I'm telling you. That, ah, do you know this man? Ah, you need to see this man. Oh, send him a mail to me. This is his email address. And the rest is history. Ask, and it shall be given unto you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. The second story is, you know, in, I was in university. I was asking God, how do I succeed in this school? He said, you are now in first year. That was many years ago. Go and ask those in the second year how they fared. And learn so you can do well. When you get to the second year, ask those in third year. That was what made me the best student in my class. Not because I read too much. So there was a particular year. The people that went ahead, almost 80% of them failed a particular course. I now called them. How can 80% fail? So they said, don't mind that lecturer. That uh, is attendance. You know attendance? You know attendance, sorry. Do you, have, do you do attendance in this place? That he doesn't play with his, he doesn't joke with his attendance, that they were of it. Just 1,000. So we got into our own session. The man's lecture was always on Fridays, 4 p.m. <laughs> you now understand. So most students, they do what? They travel by two people. Uh, they didn't know, but they told me something. I'll just sit down. Most of my friends that I knew that were Christians, I said, don't play with this man. Just sit down. After the class, you can travel. So one day we were in class. Class was scanty. <laughs> he said, okay, uh, you just pass the paper. Write your name, write your name, write your name. <laughs> you know? We wrote our name. He gave us five marks each. So throughout that particular semester, he didn't have any other assessment. The guy was, I think, was traveling to Italy for some work. So there was no assessment for, for the, you know, um, assessment, which was 40 marks. Guess what happened? He multiplied five by eight. I'm telling you a true story. Five times eight. That's how I got 40. So, <laughs> thank you. So, in the exam over 60, I had, I think, 37 over 60. 37 plus 40. That's it. Not because you are hardworking, but because you asked. I had friends that had 38 in exam. But they traveled. <laughs> you understand? They traveled. 38 plus zero. They failed. I remember that semester many years ago. You know, some of those stories stay with you. 
So in ministry now, I ask those who are ahead, why did this minister's name fizzle out? Why did this church that was very large suddenly went down? Ask in business. Success is not forever. Except you pay proper attention, it can be, it should be. Don't be carried away by success. Ask questions. They begged that lecturer. I remember they were appealing. Eh, 38 over. Ah, it's not their fault. Ah, they should add some mark so they can have, you know. He said, no, 38 is 38. That lecturer is from one denomination in Nigeria. You know the denomination? They are very deep in that denomination. Ah, very deep. He refused. He said, if it's 39, it's 39. So you look at life. Somebody is having 76A or so, or 77A, and somebody is having 38F. Not because he read more, but because he got counsel more. I want to appeal to young people that are getting married here. Go and ask those who have been married for a long time how it worked for them. Many prepare for the wedding day, not for the married life. They focus on the day for months. I will wear this. And I came to the I will do this. They know everything for the day. Ask them what will happen the day after. Ah, we live together. That live together, you're saying? Like that. <laughs> if they explain to you what it means, you will forget the cake and start learning what it means. Ask. You see a couple in church, they've been married for 30 years. Schedule a meeting with them. Sir, how did you do it? 30 years with mommy, you will first see my. <laughs> I say, anytime he says anything he wants to do, I just say yes. Eh? <laughs> uh. <laughs> when a woman tells you, you don't love me anymore. It's a, it, she's telling you that the one you did has expired. The gift you bought last two weeks or two months just expired. It's not saying, it doesn't mean it like that. You, you, that means you need to do something new. But if you don't understand that, you just be reacting. I don't love you. I said it when we got married, and I'm not changing my mind. Uh, you don't understand. There is a fundamental difference between a man and a woman. A man, we are logical. Oh, most men. Very few exceptions. For a man, one plus one equals to two. For a woman, it's not like that too. One plus one is not equals to two. It depends on the state of one of the one. <laughs> if one of the ones has COVID, it can't be two. <laughs> and she's correct. So they are more emotional. So you are always doing your thing logically. You will frustrate your home. Uh, all those Calculation I do, you are going to finish yourself. We are, we, we are project driven. The women are relationship driven. At least most women. We are made from the mud. She was from the rib that is smooth. So there are some things you can endure that she cannot endure. And I hope the women too will understand that the men are logical. So when you are presenting something to a man, try and be logical. 
Because you start hearing things that what you are saying doesn't make sense. That's where it's coming from. Doesn't make sense. It's not adding up. Try and make it add up if you can. You know, it's even physiologically, the way God created us, a man is different from a woman. Men want the women to think like men. It will never happen. The women want the men to think like them. It doesn't happen. We are different. I'm left-handed. You are right. I'm left-handed. You are right. We're not the same. When I'm writing, I turn. It doesn't make me bad. I'm just different. We're different. Different backgrounds. Understanding people's temperaments. These are the things they will tell you so that you can last in your home. Some people are extroverts. Some are introverts. The introverts, they think more than they talk. And they worry more. <laughs> but they are more detailed. But the extroverts, they talk before they think. They act before they uh, uh, process. So understand differences. My wife has a bit of sanguine. I'm a choleric. You know, this, you know I'm like a, a, you know, like a poor, you know, very hard. You know, but the Holy Ghost has to temper me. I like things being orderly, arranged very, very well. That's me. If it's not orderly, I'm not okay. But she's not like that. A sanguine can scatter the room. You can see socks in that place. If you don't understand differences, that thing can destroy the marriage. What is all this in this house? <laughs> what? <laughs> Just be shouting. When people give me gifts, my wife has the detail to untie. And bring out the gift. Me, I've, when I'm, <laughs> I will rip it apart. <laughs> Sometimes almost spoiling the gift unknowingly. We are different. We have our strengths and our weaknesses. It will help you, not just in marriage, in relating with people. Even your children, they are different. Dwell with your spouse according to knowledge. It's in scriptures. Children, there are some children, we have four daughters. One of them, if you shout at her to get things done, you are damaging her because of her makeup. So you call her and explain to her, and she will get it. But another one, the fourth one, shouting just started the journey. You must shout. <laughs> if you don't shout, nothing will happen. Uh, you have to, <laughs> to be looking at you like this. <laughs> She's different. So all this statement, like, I treat my children the same, is a statement of ignorance. They're different. So while you're treating them the same, you are building one, and you are destroying another unknowingly. Understand your spouse. Understand your children. Understand your friends. Understand your pastor. Amen. Yeah. It will help you a lot. People try to force people to become them. That's why love never works when you are self-centered. We have a daughter that is 19. She's going to be 20. In, that's in July. God had to call me one day. I said, now, she's no more the young girl in the house. She's now an adult. You have to change the way you respond to her. Don't be calling her like she's a child. Hey, come on, carry this plate. <laughs> Many of us are doing it to our teenagers. And they say, eh? Huh? <laughs> oh, those, you don't know. So she, he or she will be moving away from you. I'm no more five years. Respect that they have their own time. 
<laughs> Some people say, time. Who gave him time? <laughs> God, uh, respectfully. I do have time to let me do this. And they do it. To be calling the child like a, a, a 19-year-old boy, 17-year-old boy. Hey, Jackson. Mohammed Jackson. Can you engage them as adults? Foolishness is painful. Wisdom brings peace. People have their seasons. A father today will soon be a grandfather. The way a grandfather thinks is not the same. Now, I, I, my parents are still alive. I notice that they always want to see the children. In fact, they love them more than we. Because they've had their own experience. You are still experimenting. So allow them to play with them as much as possible because the whole time will come, what you sow. Yes. I don't even know how we got to this kind of thing. <laughs> but I hope those things bless you. Help me with my time. <laughs> Let's close, please. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, oh I don't know. Oh. It's not in my note at all. It was Ask Man. How did Ask Man? Okay, ask those who have gone ahead. <laughs> okay, okay. When you get a new job, don't be saying I have three master's degree. Ask those who have been in that office for the last 10 years. Don't go there. I'm not qualified. I'm going to beat on the. Eh? There is one Indian. Sorry. There is one Ogadia. <laughs> that is not normal. Let them tell you on time that this woman, this is how he does. Okay, okay. Ask, ask. Don't say, yeah. Ask. Even though just be doing your thing and say, I don't like you. I don't like you. And it's just foolishness. It's foolishness. We are wiser today in Jesus' name. Yeah. Let me close with unlimited power of praise. Praise is leverage. You know what they call leverage? Leverage is an advantage. Something that helps you to get things done faster. You know, when you want to open like, uh, uh, like a soft drink, all those things, you know, you have like opener. Opener is the leverage, right? The lever that instead of you using your teeth or your fingers that can bruise you, you now use the lever to just open it. You get things done faster, but no stress. So praise is a kind of leverage. I, I think I would like us to read, read the scripture as I round up this morning. Luke 19, I think from verse 4. Luke 19, verse 4. Try to understand what I mean by leverage. It's something that helps things to happen faster. And that, that's what we mean by speed. Like a catalyst. Like, like favor, for instance, is, is, is leverage. Favor gives speed. When they're looking at everybody, favor can set you out like Esther. Okay? So when you are dealing with things, the Holy Ghost will often reveal to you what um, your leverage is. Look at, I'm, I'm sure we all know this man called Lazarus. Uh, I think we start from verse, is it verse 1? Verse 1 or so. Uh, Luke 19 from verse 1. So, so you understand what a leverage is. So when you are applying it, you know what it means. Then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Okay. Now behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector. And he was what? Rich. Okay. He, just, he was a rich man. Okay. And a tax collector. Of course, tax collectors are always rich. In, that, in, our, in my country. <laughs> I don't know about this place. And he sought, look at this, he sought to see who Jesus was, but could not because of the what? Why? He was, many people stopped here. 
I want to do this, but I'm deficient. I, I, I wish I could see Jesus, but look at this crowd. I'm so short, so it's not my fault. No, there's always an advantage. Verse 4. So, he ran ahead and did what? Climbed up into a sycamore tree to... For he was going to pass that way. This is a breakthrough verse for me. There are many areas I'm not so proficient in. When our church started, I'll be feeling... Uh, can I, and I see another pastor preaching. I can't do that. Lord, will this church grow? You'll be feeling inadequate. God now said to me, for every deficiency you might think, I have provided an advantage in your life, in your journey. This man saw his own leverage. He's a short man, but he has the capacity to climb a tree. Ah, that simple thing. How many of us can climb a tree here? Put up your hand on me, somebody. Climb a tree. See now, how many percent? Now, <laughs> how many of us can climb it fast? Now, two different things, you know that? Because if it's very slow, master would have passed that place before he, <laughs> he ran ahead and climbed up. You know, the shortest man became the tallest man. Do you understand that? He was already thinking, I'm too short. How can I? Jesus, and I want to see him, and I must see him. Whatever your quest, don't let Satan give you any excuse. It is because you don't have this degree. Uh, you don't, you're, you're, this is your color. Uh, this is your height. This is your gender. No! No! I must see Jesus. I must get this thing done. So what's the way out? Think possibilities. And suddenly, his eyes open. He saw the tree. Oh, I can climb the tree. So what God told me is this. I would have invested the ability to climb a tree into his life when he was young to compensate for that need. And he used it. He climbed the tree. So now it's no more I'm short of stature. I'm even too tall. Jesus actually had to look up. He should have been trying to see who was shouting there to now looking up, standing out. But he climbed the tree. Do you know he could have been leaning on the tree and complaining? The answer, because when you, when you are given to murmuring, complaining, negative mindset, you will miss out on things. That ought to even be the answer. He, he could have been leaning on the tree and be saying, how can my dad be that short? How can my grandparents be this short? See now, see what this short, shortness is costing me now. I wish I was taller, you know. And be leaning on the answer. And yet, it looked like it's God's fault. No, there's an answer. And it also takes humility. Rich men don't climb trees. As I said, speed is not for the arrogant. Somebody else will say, oh, yeah, I can climb the tree just to see Jesus. I won't, I won't do that. Too. I will see him later. I can't call that person. He's junior to me. I can't call that person. No. He climbed the tree. I can read the story. Jesus Christ said, today, salvation has entered your house. So there's, there are things in you, relationships you have, talents and gifts you have that God has given you that is the answer to your next season. I pray that the Holy Ghost will help you to see it. It might be something you look down on, but yet it's the answer. Look at it, a tree, a tree, a tax collector, and his name entered the scripture. So praise is also like that. When you praise, <laughs> things happen with speed. Over that matter, I challenge you in the next few days to praise God over it. 
Lord, thank you for my marital settlement. Thank you for my documents is settled. Rather than complaining, rather than reacting, praise him. Isaiah 54, I think I mentioned that on Friday night or so. Let's just read through that and then rise up to praise him and thank him. Isaiah 54, sing, O barren, break forth. He said, sing, O barren, not O fruitful, not O prosperous, not O settled. O barren, the matter looks empty. Sing. You who have not born, break forth into singing and cry aloud. You have not labored with child. Verse 2, glory to God. He says, or the next verse. He said, uh, uh, okay, the next line. Thank you. For more, are what? As you sing, you start producing results in the area. He said, for more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman, says the Lord. Verse 3, uh, verse, verse 2, enlarge the place of your tent. Let them stretch. Think big. One version says, think big. Don't let the thing you've experienced before make you think small. Think big. Think big. Think big. Then verse 3 now says, for you shall expand to the right, to the left, and your people will take over the land. So I want you to concentrate on praising God. It makes all the difference. Instead of, if you have prayed, prayed, prayed over a matter, it's time to praise, praise, praise over the matter. And then what was barren will become super fruitful. Rise up on your feet today. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to today's word and we believe you have been blessed. For further information, please visit our website at www.throneofgracecanada.ca or send us an email to info at throneofgracecanada.ca The word works. Throne of Grace. Transforming lives. Establishing His kingdom.